0: Welcome to Perspectives, a podcast by the Public
1: Health Review at the University of Minnesota. Today's Perspectives podcast will focus on the experiences of recent public health graduate Kelly Hurt. She is fearless in her approach to changing the way America and the world eats. Kelly believes that almost all health inequities are related to and can be prevented with access to food options and a healthy diet. She also knows that structural racism permeates the food system, favoring white and middle to upper class Americans to thrive. It leaves little to no room for people to eat within their cultural practices and desires. As a recent University of Minnesota master's in public health alumni and public health professional. She strives to decrease health disparities by addressing the social determinants of health and improving access to whole healthy food options for everyone. Kelly lives by this philosophy with a good gut you will have a good mind and with a good mind all things are possible. Let's welcome Kelly Hurt.
0: Food has always felt like more than just sustenance to me. Growing up in rural Wisconsin, food meant spending time with my grandpa, picking strawberries in his backyard, and canning pickles with cucumbers from his garden at the end of the summer. It meant bonding with my deceased grandma through her recipes, which are more like notes and scribbles on a page. It meant having a home cooked meal with my family every night, oftentimes with fresh produce from our garden or home canned vegetables in the winter. And of course, there were lots of laughs and good conversations too. To me, food means connection. When I was 10, I started to struggle with digestive issues that disrupted my daily life. Over the next 15 years, I sought out help through many doctors, inevitably seeing everyone from a gastroenterologist to a chiropractor. Despite seeing just about every doctor I could, the one thing I kept coming back to was my own journey in finding what food made me feel good. It didn't take long before I realized food also meant healing. Food became my best medicine. Early on, I realized I was one of the fortunate ones. I had a foundation that gave me access to fresh, healthy foods. My parents were able to provide me with the best food for my body, which allowed me to concentrate better in school, not worry about my digestive issues interfering with my many extracurricular activities, and overall, it allowed me to achieve what I wanted to. When I came to this realization, I knew that this is what I wanted to focus on in my future career. Everyone should have the choice to take care of themselves through food. The more I learned about the power of food and the fact that not everyone had the option to have a sit down meal with their families or to bring their lunch to school, for example, it broke my heart. Food is a basic human need and a basic human right. So why in a country that has more than enough food to provide options, did so many people face food insecurity? Why wasn't healthy food made more affordable instead of the foods that caused people to become chronically ill? Why are so many people disconnected from food as an important piece of culture and relationships? I knew I needed to do something to answer these questions. In high school, food and the food system became my biggest personal and professional passion. While pursuing my bachelor's degree in public and community health education at the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, I minored in nutrition and was able to intern in a lot of different local food organizations. Here I learned about food as a social determinant of health. The social determinants are so important when it comes to public and population health. They are factors in an environment that directly or indirectly affect each individual's ability to achieve their optimal physical mental and emotional health food is a social determinant access to affordable food is a social determinant having culturally relevant options for food is a social determinant it is connected to so many other things beyond physical health such as education outcomes social behaviors a person's ability to work and mental health the access to culturally relevant foods is an important piece of the puzzle to overall health and the ability to thrive. I put this to the test in my final semester when I was an intern at a community garden program in Madison, Wisconsin. I was working as a garden educator at Community Groundworks, now called Rooted. The organization was everything I stood for in regards to food. I got to work on school garden programming, write a garden education book for early education, and I got to work on a farm to grow food sell in a market the land was gorgeous there were fields for crops that were bright and lush green a chicken coop to care for filled with five chickens that had minds of their own and then there was a large community garden filled with rich soil and stories the community garden was just that for the community our garden welcomed diverse audience in age race genders, socioeconomic, and cultural backgrounds. It was a safe space that fostered growth not only in the food we planted but in the patrons who helped maintain it. It reminded me of my childhood. It reinforced that in addition to connection, healing, and medicine, food also gave way to leadership and growth opportunities. Each week we hosted after-school programs for children. I led lessons in the kitchen's garden quite a bit, always tailoring our curriculum to meet the needs of the kids we were teaching. Kids got to choose from three different stations each day that they were able to join and they could pick whatever one they wanted. But for some reason, the same group of girls kept coming to my station during their time each week. They were 11 to 13 year olds who were spunky and loud, but oftentimes went just a little too far. Though I had taught garden nutrition education before I struggled to find my groove with this group of four or five. I was frustrated because the girls behaved so poorly, never listening to instructions, making mean comments to each other, and sometimes mocking me. The first few weeks were really tough. I couldn't figure out how I could connect with them in a meaningful way, especially not with the curriculum we were using. It wasn't until the third or fourth week that I realized I had been approaching my frustrations from the wrong angle. The girls weren't inherently rude, they just didn't ever have the chance to be leaders in a space that was so open to growth and connection. They weren't sure what it meant to have choices in the garden, nor anywhere else in their lives for that matter. As a leader, I needed to meet them where they were at, instead of them meeting me where the curriculum began. I needed to use food as a platform to expand my leadership skills and in return, better the experience for them. I threw out what I knew, stopped the lesson, and just listened. I had each one of them name one thing they were grateful for in the garden, hoping I could find some common ground. The answers really surprised me. They were grateful for food, the ability to pick their own food. They loved playing with the chickens. One of them even said she was grateful for me teaching them how to cook. Wow. Hearing the simplicity in their gratitude brought me back to my why. The why that led me in the direction of bettering the food system to begin with. The fact that food is so much more than food. For them, food meant freedom. Freedom to not worry about where their next meal was coming from, but freedom to be a kid in this garden. Freedom to concentrate. Freedom to make friends. I taught there for another month, and yes, the same group kept coming back to my station week after week. Though after that one day, I was really excited. I always started the lesson with an open circle where they could tell me something about their day at school, something they were excited about, or just something they wanted to know more about. Food helped us build a mutually beneficial relationship, and it changed my approach to changing the food system. I have a photo of us on the last day that I was in the garden. The girls are hanging on to me like I was a best friend. It is something I often look back on when I feel helpless in the fight for food access. I look at it and think, Remember how food was the same thing that built this relationship with these girls? Remember how they opened up to you through food? Remember that that outside the garden and the school, these girls didn't have many choices. Keep going. Lead the way to a food system that makes it easy for everyone to have access to healthy, affordable choices. Lead the way to a system that is just and makes it easy to make a healthy choice. And so I did. I loved working in local food programs and community gardens. It made me so happy to see my impact on the people I worked with and their impact on me. And still, I knew there was more to the story. After graduation, I served as an AmeriCorps VISTA in Reno, Nevada. Despite my intentions of never working in a hospital or any healthcare system for that matter, I decided to do it for a year to challenge myself. I will say I was arrived with great snowboarding in Lake Tahoe which made my decision a bit easier. In my vista position, I was to be working on a CDC grant that focuses on type 2 diabetes and hypertension, both conditions heavily affected by the food we put into our bodies. Additionally, my supervisor let me help with the Food as Medicine program while I was starting, and I changed my mind about never working in healthcare. I quickly fell in love with the opportunity and challenge of integrating the fight for food into the Western healthcare setting. After all, food is our best medicine, so it makes perfect sense to me. A lot happened during my time as a VISTA. About six months in, I got my next big opportunity to lead due to my healthcare system going through a reorganization. My department was basically diminished, and I was left to pick up the projects my supervisor was pioneering. I managed the $2 million grant and worked closely with the state and the CDC, which pushed me to enhance my leadership skills even more. I kept telling them that the people we were trying to reach weren't interested in what the grants program was pushing. This was because the program we were pushing had a cost, but the grant wouldn't cover it. The program told people to eat healthier, but it wouldn't give food subsidies. It told people to spend two hours every week coming to learn about nutrition, but it wouldn't cover childcare or transportation. All of these things are social determinants of health that dictate a person's access to healthy food choices, and inevitably their success in this program. As a leader, I had to push for what was right. I asked for the grant to cover all those things, and in the end, I created a passion project that would help meet grant requirements and serve our most vulnerable populations. After months of sometimes uncomfortable negotiating, I made a case for building an on-site prescription food pantry based on an existing partnership with the Food Bank of Northern Nevada. It was a dream come true for me. People were able to be prescribed fresh or shelf-stable healthy foods to help them manage their diseases. The fight for integrating food into healthcare taught me to persevere and that negotiating will get you to your goal in some way. I took these skills as I began my master's degree. I worked in various public health settings and ended up at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Minnesota this past year. I was brought on to manage a food as medicine program at a small clinic in Minnesota, albeit virtually and during a global pandemic. Food has always pushed me to be adaptable, but this was a whole new ballgame. By building relationships with both my Blue Cross team and the clinical team, we were able to create a program that isn't perfect by any means, but one that will help people manage their diabetes through the access to culturally relevant foods. I was able to lead the charge for a program that focused on food as a social determinant. Once again, a dream come true. In the first few weeks, we had participants lowering their insulin levels already. The first few weeks, a lot of change will take time, but food is power. Food can help really quickly. Food can help us reduce healthcare costs and increase our world's health. I have found many avenues to make my mark. Where will you make yours? Food has molded me into the public health leader I am today. The experiences that food brought me are priceless. Food and the food system have pushed me to lead a charge toward a system that is just and accessible for everyone. It has helped me build my core skills as a leader. It has taught me to be more patient by spending time in gardens, watching food grow, and watching people learn from it. It taught me that building relationships, both personally and professionally, is what it's all about. Without a support system, there will be no change. Food has made me a better listener. Instead of assuming what one community needs, why not stop and listen to find out what they actually need? I know that food will once again bring me to a space with new challenges and push me out of my comfort zone to change something for the betterment of all people. Food makes me so happy and drives me to lead fearlessly. We all have that spark in us somewhere. To all those aspiring to change the world, I challenge you to find your why. Find what sets a fire inside you and fight to change it for the better. And remember to take care of yourself through the process. Nourish your body and soul with food that makes you feel good. Because with good food, you can have a healthy gut. With a healthy gut, you can have a good mind. And with a healthy mind, anything is possible.
1: would like to extend our gratitude to Kelly Hurt. Thank you for being our guest on today's Perspectives PHR podcast and sharing your passion for healthy eating and living. Hey listeners, do you have work you want to publish? The Public Health Review PHR accepts research articles, op-eds, issue briefs, and more. Submissions are accepted on a rolling basis. Check out our website for more information. Thank you for listening to Perspectives. Let us know what you thought on Twitter at
0: PubHealthReview. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon.